start. Not yet. Oh, shit. Check, check, testing, testing. Um, it's, we're recording. Okay, hello everyone. We are in the Lone Fir Cemetery. Yes, we are. Um, we came here today to um, visit Emma Merliton. And I'm just gonna, oops, hold. <laughs> hold please and we're trying out some new um ghost equipment oh no <laughs> i can't do it oh it's okay from awesome hey, everyone we are at the lone fur cemetery i think it just came back to where we dropped off oh okay Okay, so we're still here. <laughs> Guess what? We're still here. We just had technical difficulties. You know, it's interesting. But you know, cemeteries. I could imagine a lot yeah. of tech. You know, uh -huh. tech difficulties. Um. Yeah. They so are wanting to use up the battery pack and the <laughs> the power yeah. that we have from. As soon uh, as we got here, we were having trouble. But also, we noticed a lot of activity on the way in, especially right where we're sitting. Yes. So we are sitting at Emma Merliton's grave site. She's in block 20, lot 11. I believe it's lot 11. And then there's S2. S2 or something. We don't really know what that means. But um, we are going to see if we can, could connect with her. But before we do, we would, just wanted to read you the history of her life because it's really interesting. So her name is Emma Merliton, buried at Lone Fir Cemetery with the name Tingri Lecoz. So I don't know where that name came from. Maybe it's her maiden first name or something. Anyway, so here's, here's a little history. If you take a walk through the rows of headstones, you might stumble upon the grave of a French courtesan. Do, do you know what a courtesan is? I actually had to look that up. It's a Go ahead. prostitute. Didn't know that. Okay, anyway. Isn't that what they used to call them back yeah, in like yeah. The, yeah. Cause it used to be super days of like royalty. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like not stigmatized. Okay. Anne Jean Tingri Lacoze, better known as Emma Merliton, was a thirty five year old French courtesan. She was born on November eighth, eighteen fifty in France. She and her family immigrated to the United States when she was around five or six years old. She lived in a very upscale neighborhood with her husband for many years before he decided to run off with another woman to New York. This left Merliton with no money to her name and no way to support herself. Rather than waiting around, she decided to start her own business and became a high-class prostitute. Becoming a prostitute worked well with the area because it was filled with upper-class hotels and saloons. Early in the 1880s, prostitution was not frowned upon like it is today. Working women could walk the streets without fear of social rebuke. Merliton was not only famous for her incredible beauty, but also for nabbing the wealthiest and most prominent customers in the area. She was very popular with women of all socioeconomic backgrounds. Merliton would often hold garden parties at her home, which were always the talk of the town. You can imagine how unfathomable it would be to the people who knew her um, that anyone would want to hurt her for any reason. But that is exactly what happened to her. Just before Christmas on December 22, 1885, Merliton was brutally murdered in her cottage home at 3rd and Yamhill Streets. On that fateful night, 
it was raining and dreadfully cold, wrote the Oregonian. A police officer tightening his jacket against the bitter winter cold heard screaming coming from a nearby cottage. Upon entering the cottage, the police officer saw the body of Emma Merliton partially under the bed. Blood was everywhere, he reported. It looked as though she had been bludgeoned to death. Investigators examined the body and quickly realized that Merliton had not been bludgeoned, but brutally hacked to death with a hatchet. She had 12 wounds on her head. This is kind of gruesome, sorry. Um, And on her arms. Clearly, investigators reported she fought for her life with all she had. Later on, investigators spoke to a close friend of Merliton, known only as Amelia. Amelia reported arriving home just after 11 p.m. Around that time, she heard Merliton greet an individual in her room. She reported hearing male laughter, and very soon after, Merliton began to scream. Immediately, investigators thought it was a robbery gone bad. That may be one of her clients um, decided he did not want to pay after all or that he knew a high-class prostitute like Merliton would have cash on hand. Very quickly, investigators realized this could not be the case. A gold ring with a signet signet setting was found next to Merliton. She still wore her large golden earrings and $16 was on her nightstand. Oh, wow. I know. The ring, on closer inspection, even had a chip in it, as if the murderer had knocked it off her finger during the attack. The murderer's motive was indeed to rob Merliton. Oh, if the murderer's motive was indeed to rob her, then why why would he leave such a precious valuable behind? Strangely, during the investigation, two officers reported hearing some commotion coming from the back of the cottage. Peering out of the darkness, the officers watched as three men circled the cottage, looking for a way inside. One man stood out to the officers immediately because his face was badly scratched, as if by a woman's fingernails. The officers pounced on the man and arrested him on the spot. William Sundstrom, the man they arrested, said he was curious about the crime that had taken place. When the officers inquired about the scratches on Sundstrom's face, He said he fell into a tree trunk. The officers knew full well he was lying and made him take him to the home. And made him take him to the home. Once they were there, they began to search for evidence. They did not have to look long, um, to look for long, because a pair of blood-stained pantaloons and a bloody hatchet were sitting right in plain view. Even with the evidence against Sundstrom, he wasn't held for long. Apparently, the bloody pants and hatchet hatchet weren't enough to convict him. This led to many people theorizing that it had to have been some sort of plot against the prostitutes in the area. In a last-ditch effort to find the murderer, investigators used a photography technique on Merliton's retina to see if the image of her murderer had been captured within within them but to no avail yeah so isn't that oh my gosh well that's an amazing story that's crazy and what the part about the the image from the retina oh my god like what were they thinking so they removed the eye because they believe that 
the the last thing you saw before you died was like a, a photograph like a polaroid and it would just stick in your eye but the, this is obviously not a real yeah, technique but they came up with this idea yeah and then they removed her eye yeah it was so gross oh. yeah so what gross. did you pick up on when you were reading this like, I actually I, haven't. Oh, as I was reading it, yeah, oh, I got a buzz actually when I was talking about um, the murderer, how the murderer got away. Okay. And how they made him go back to the house. I can look with my cards. Um, what did you get? Well, um, I I kept seeing like um, cleansing. Like this was a murder to cleanse the town of evil to cleanse the town of sickness like oh. this yeah this was about um i just kept getting shown like there was a larger organization at hand as far oh. as like yeah like almost maybe like going after the top person yeah the so there was like the uh like church saying you know prostitution is a sin and we must get rid of all of this sin yeah and so i think emma was just the first so you're pulling some cards, some cards. Oh. I, I mean i'm not getting anything about the story i'm just getting about her soul yeah. Is that she's a very beautiful person. She's a very beautiful soul and she's very at peace. Um, uh, she looks back on her life and feels that it was extremely satisfying and that she achieved a status of power that was only permissible to men at that time. Oh my yeah, gosh. That's what I'm getting. Like, she's like, oh. I made it up here. I'm like, she wielded the power of all the men around her, where women in her status couldn't do that, like a single woman. Oh my gosh. Because I'm getting the emperor and then all these virtuous signs with her creativity and her. She just had um, something super strong beaming from inside her that was very attractive. Yeah. Oh, I, that's super That sweet. is great. Because it just tells me not to focus on, you know, as far as putting any energy into him, the murderer, right. and, and that group, or why why that was happening. Yeah. It's, but because it takes away from the story of, here is a badass single, single woman <laughs> that figured out how to take care of herself yeah and enjoy life i mean she threw garden party like how I, fun would that i'm imaging like all the kind of gatsby days you know i know like that's how thinking. awesome is back that in her day you were the property of your husband and so if your husband left you were on your own there was nothing i know she oh my gosh yeah. they owned you to the point they owned like your clothing, everything. They could take everything from you. It's really sad. That is really sad. I know. And she rose above. Yeah. And probably nurtured and taught other women mm -hmm. um, well, how to do the same. Yeah, and she just had maybe her social skills or something allowed her just to 
be in with it said the wealthiest of clientele so <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty neat I mean to sustain yourself that long you know and during that time I know I mean it's a big it deal like, for women nowadays to be seen and heard and run companies and take care of themselves yeah and to do it back then with like yeah. zero resources for women yes and, and to what? not have a lot of women that might have gone before you yes. to really be a pioneer in yeah. something that was well, maybe really new yeah and i was reading elsewhere about this story and um <clears throat> apparently back in her time in portland it was really unusual for women to be murdered it was common for men oh wow like there was a lot of just men being murdered for whatever you know disagreements and stuff but women very unheard of and she lived down on third and yam hill i know that is so crazy like it's all like big buildings i know it's like I was the microsoft like, store is that what yeah i was gonna yeah. say what is down there it's like, uh, right now a place of yeah, a different what place is of business for? <laughs> wow oh my gosh um yeah i am super excited that we got to honor her and share her story and just yeah feel yeah. feel that energy yeah i'm feeling it so julie noticed that um there are candles mm-hmm. here she also got tell tell the message you got when you got here equal oh <laughs> i thought this was cool that was funny uh yeah I, I i just got a message um because there was a lot um there's a lot of acorns in front of her um headstone and uh when i walked up and and looked at her headstone i heard um out of an acorn comes a mighty oak yeah. and i just thought wow yeah yeah and it's- then there's candles around oh. Yes, I've seen people will leave angel cards, they'll leave jewelry, they'll leave Mardi Gras beads, just like almost decorating. Still honoring her. Yeah, decorating her tombstone and honoring her. Um, She's a legend. I think it's very inspiring, actually. It is very inspiring. Yes. Yes. If she only knew what came later, the, the union for the sex workers. Well, and, that's awesome. Portland did that. And well, it's still so frowned upon. I know. It, you know. But now they have a union. <laughs> no, it is still so frowned upon. <laughs> Just the the sex worker industry is. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it it is it's frowned upon, and uh, you know I love that they mm-hmm. use the word rebuke. Oh, I know. You know, that's yeah. such a strong word. Uh, <laughs> and But that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And um, so I'm grateful that she got to, um, she got to take care of herself. Yeah. And she didn't have to rely on anybody exactly. but herself. And she did what she needed to do. Yeah, instead of like 
being indentured to the next wealthy person. She just set out on her own. Yeah. Okay, so tell our listeners about the little ghost device. Okay, so um, I have this filter on my camera called Ripple Effect, and you can kind of see, you can you can see like um, images of things that aren't there, or that's what the theory is with it. And if you hold it on yourself, like you can see your energy around yourself, and it's like a rainbow. And then if you put it around the room, it will pick up things that aren't there. So when Julie and I came up, we were like using it around the space we are. And like all these headstones were lighting up. And um, three in particular. Three in particular. And then Julie goes, she goes, hey, if anyone's there, let us know. And I swear to God, the light. They, it looked like somebody waved their hand above their head. Like it turned <laughs> from a bubble yeah. to an arc. Yeah, it went like like a wave. It was like, oh my god, did you see that? So anyway, I think we captured that one. We'll, we'll show you what we captured because we can um, put it on our Instagram. But it's pretty cool. This is... It's a super... Lone for Cemetery <laughs> is so the... vital to the history of Portland. Mm-hmm. And as all cemeteries have, you know, they carry this energy signature of legacy and history that is, it's like no other place. Yeah. I guess there's, how many people are buried here? What? Did it say 20,000? Yes. Yeah. Because and it's, it used to be like, um, was the Stevenson's or somebody's homestead and they had the first burial at the very end of the claim of land which I think is you know that raised area yes yes yeah and they buried it was known as the Stevenson cemetery was it Stevenson or Spencer something I thought it was Spencer it was something okay but um (laughs) that's what started it and then it just kept growing and then people donated the land so, when people couldn't afford, and it's still an active cemetery, oh, yeah. people are still being buried here. Yeah. Um, today. They're, yeah. Well, not like today, today. Yeah. <laughs> Although we did, we see, did some see some pressure. <laughs> <laughs> In a very kind of long bathtub it, shape. <laughs> yeah, it kind of like, like the length of a body, but we didn't want to say anything. <laughs> um. No, so Julie and I read that um, they used to, like, people that couldn't afford a proper burial mm-hmm. would sneak in here at night and just bury bury their people. Like, they would jump the J- fence. Jump the fence. Can you imagine that? I wouldn't do that to you, Julie. Thank you. Yeah. Just Please saying. walk me through the gate. I will. I'll just, I'll get a wheelbarrow. i do it for free, but just... I'll make, I'll make, I'll make I a headstone for I know you. You need to work on your upper body strength. <laughs> I do. I'll have to work out for a while. I'm no petunia. <laughs> but yeah, so people would, um, they would just come and they would bury their loved ones here. And so there's a lot of... Um, unmarked graves. Unmarked graves. Well, and there's like, you could be walking on grass and not even know there's someone under there wow 
and some of um, Portland's um, most well-known are um, are buried right here. Mm -hmm. Hawthorne. Hawthorne. And, There's yeah, a lot of pioneers. A lot of pioneers. A lot of yes, famous women. Women suffragists. Mm -hmm. Absolutely are here and um, there's a website that is www.friendsoflonefurcemetery mm -hmm. that you can look up stories in and um, and it's a non-profit organization that takes care of this cemetery mm -hmm. uh, when it's not a pandemic they do tours every Saturday yeah and do historical tours and they um, do spooky tours too. They do oh, one really? um, on October 31st night. Well, that that's fun. I will admit one time I played tag in here at night with a bunch of people and it was really scary. Was it tag or hide and go seek? Did well, hi hide and go seek. Okay. But then you get free if you tag home. Oh, okay. Yeah, any time at night in a cemetery, your your imagination just goes <laughs> a little bit, a little bit busy. There's definitely an energy, at least in the section we're sitting in. Yeah, this must be the super old school section. We had uh, <laughs> just the the technological issues. That we <laughs> yeah, as soon as we got here, we couldn't like, get oh, anything okay. to work. They want to drain the battery pack. I know. And uh, and reach out to us. It's beautiful. Do you beautiful. smell fried chicken, or is that me? Um, Do you smell that? No. Nope. smells really good. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe a message is coming through for you? Yeah. Maybe a pioneer was cooking fried chicken? Yeah. I think that's my goal for the afternoon now. <laughs> Gonna make some fried chicken. Gonna make some fried chicken. Yeah. All right. Buttermilk well. fried chicken? If you have a chance to come to visit the Lone First Cemetery, I've heard they do yoga classes here. What? Yeah. Oh. People will come and, and they do yoga. That's um, nice. Yes. It's it's a really well it's, respected and it's yeah. huge. It's really pretty. It is huge. The trees are amazing. Yeah. Some of the... They're like maybe 200 years old? Yeah. Some of the trees have grown around tombstones. Oh, I know. It looks really bare, creepy. Yeah. They're like, like the embedded <laughs> in the tree. Mm -hmm. Where it looks like it's just the front of the tree. The tree swallowed up the stone. Yeah, we'll take a picture of one because we saw one coming in. Oh. All right. That's well, our visit at Lone Fur. Yep. Spooky, haunted fall series. If you have a... Um, a cemetery story please let us know yeah tell us <laughs> um, <laughs> you can send it to all things psychic podcast at gmail.com or send us a message on our Instagram account all things psychic official and uh, we'll, we'll post um, some of our video yeah onto on, all our Instagram account yeah if I can technically get it over to Julie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Have a great day. Yeah. Bye.